Welcome to Young Government Leaders Podcast, where we strive to provide early to mid-career public servants with the tools and support needed to lead from where you are. Thanks for joining us. I'm Victoria, and I'm one of your co-hosts. I have been in the federal government for about 13 years. And I'm Grace. I've been in the federal government for almost three years. Our goal with this podcast is to help develop leaders at the federal, state, local, and tribal levels, regardless of age, stage of career, or positional title. Let's jump into our episode. Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to our next episode. Grace and I will be speaking with federally employed women, FEW, President Pamela Richards, and FEW Communications Director Ivana Miranda. We'll also be speaking with our very own YGL, President Caitlin Bishop. Thank you, Victoria. Um, as you stated, I, my name is Pamela Richards, the 25th National President of Federally Employed Women. I have been in the federal government now for 29, going on 29 years. Um, in my 29th year, May will make that the big number 29. I am currently employed at the Government Accountability Office in the Forensic Audit Investigative Services uh, team, where I am over the FraudNet team, which is the Supervised Investiga- Investigative Research Analyst, where I look into programs for fraud, waste, and abuse for federal programs. And so I have a team of three, and I was recently promoted to that position last year, March. So. Super excited about the new role that lies ahead for me uh, as being the leader of the team. Um, I've been in federally employed women. Now this is going into my ninth year of being in federally employed women. And where I I started out as a vice president of the Federal Triangle Chapter, which is my home chapter. But as national president, you're a member of all the chapters, right, and all the regions. And so I started out as uh, in the Federal Triangle Chapter and still a uh, active member in that chapter, uh, rose to the level of chapter president, then moved up to regional representative in the region, then the DC Metro regional manager, the largest uh, region in federally employed women. And now here I sit as the 25th national president of federally employed women. And so I am super excited about being in this role. Didn't think I would be in this role when I joined, but I'm excited that I have rose to this, uh, uh, this position has really been truly rewarding for me. And I am located in the DMV area. I am currently living in Lorton, Virginia, but you know, we call it the DMV. So we cover those three areas right there. So back over to you, ma'am. GAO, GAO, that's some serious stuff. I'm in acquisitions with the DOD. Once I see GAO, my 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 skin starts getting the goose bubbles on it. I'm like, God, ah, GAO, I don't want GAO. But we appreciate your guys's hard work and the 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 amount of effort that goes into your everyday job is so incredible. So thank you for your your public service. Uh, 29 years. That's amazing. And congratulations on your recent promotion. That's amazing. So many big things happening. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Well, great. Thank you for that. Um, President Bishop, Caitlin, Tell us a little bit about yourself. We've, we've had you as a guest on our podcast before. It's been a few months. Um, 
I think our listeners would love to hear what you've been up to and, and a little bit more about who you are as YGL's president. Thank you. And thank you for this great recording. Good to see you again. Um, so keeping busy, there's a lot going on with YGL. I definitely recommend looking at the events that we have for this year. Um, we're planning them out in advance. We have Public Service Recognition Week coming up. So more to come with that later on. Um, I always recommend looking at the website too. Also making sponsorships, doing great partnerships with organizations like FEW. Um, so with all that, we'll talk about it more. My name is Caitlin Bishop, and I currently work for a large federal government agency in Washington, D.C., um, where I do a combination of stuff, HR strategy, performance, employee engagement, and I'm a special emphasis program manager. And I first learned about YGL in 2019. That's when I started with the federal government. Um, and that's when I just started to attend events and then participated with YGL's mentoring program as a mentee. It was just a really great opportunity, actually connected with a SES, Senior Executive Service member at another agency. And just very helpful, learned a lot, and actually I'm still in touch with the mentor today. Um, and so by doing that, it really helped me to feel that my role was essential I was doing something because during this time, we had actually experienced lockdown, full-time remote work, which looking back, uh, wow, a lot to go through at once. And so through the mentoring program, I just really liked YGL and decided to apply for a volunteer events committee. And it just kind of worked out to become the deputy chief events officer and then the chief events officer. So that happened all pretty quickly. Um, and then with that, there's the opportunity to apply for the vice president role and jumped into that. And that's a short overview of how I got to where I am today. President Bishop, you have spoken to us a lot about young government leaders, and we've spoken a lot to our national leadership team on our podcast interviews, um, prior episodes. And I don't want to assume that our listeners know who YGL is. So what's your elevator pitch with for YGL and what is our objective? Great question. So I like to say young, we are young government leaders. So young at heart, there's not an age restriction. And it's just a really great opportunity for those early, mid-career. Honestly, I think to some degree, any point in your career with the amazing events that we put on um, for those in the federal, state, local, tribal um, government to join. It's a great opportunity to network, uh, learn about our different resources, events, and partnerships like this. And actually, I know we've had Katushka and Hannah on, as well as, like you said, the, a few other national leadership team members. Um, but our theme this year is making DEIA a part of how we lead and work every day in our communities. So acknowledging how to advance the government workforce culture of belonging or DEIA is acknowledged and developed so that the potential of highly skilled people from all backgrounds is present in every type of government. And with this, I'll make another pitch to please check out YGL's new website, new in that it's a couple months old, but there's a lot of great content. We're adding stuff every day and there's actually a page for DEIA and there you can find 
different resources, the toolkit that Katushka and Hannah have put together. And with that, also, we're attempting to focus our events this year on a variety of topics, such as developing professional core competencies, which is something that we've done in the past and that has been widely received. So I want to continue with that. Um, and then also looking at stuff such as generations in the workplace, um, allyship, and a lot of stuff with diversity and inclusion. Love it. Thank you so much, President Bishop. President Richards, so after, you know, Caitlin's great um, elevator pitch of YGL, um, you know, for someone who's not familiar with the structure of um, FEW or YGL, what is the relationship between YGL and FEW? And can you tell us a little bit more about FEW and what is the objective of your organization? Okay, thank you, Victoria. Uh, well, federally employed women, uh, we are we have been established since 1968. There were 13 members that uh, established the first chapter, if you will, within uh, federally employed women. And our very first president, Miss Allie Latimer, is still with us. Okay, she is still actively a part of federally employed women. She's a member of the D.C. Charter chapter, and I meet with them once a quarter with our past presidents to continue to share knowledge about just past, you know, uh, past history, where would they would like to see the organization go in the current workforce. Although Ms. Allen was the very first president, she is still very active and relevant into what's going on today, even though she's no longer working, but she's a very smart lady. And so we appreciate all that she's done at the grassroots level to get us started. Uh, we were founded on Executive Order Level 11375, which works to end sex and gender discrimination within the workplace. And that is one of our main goals as well. Uh, part of our tagline that we put on everything that you see that federally employed women have is that we're always working toward the advancement of women in government. And with doing so, our purpose, again, is to end, end sex and gender discrimination in the workplace. And how do we do that in the federal government? And we are now tackling on trying to figure out how to bring on state and local governments. But we do know when there are things that are at the top, legislation that is done at the top, it trickles down to the local and state governments. They normally adopt those practices as well. Uh, and so we do that through creating growth and uh, opportunities through personal and professional development. Uh, we build cohesive relationships such as this of YGL and federally employed women because we do know that as we have an aging workforce, we have an aging organization, all right? As I stated, our very first president is still with us, but we have to work and go across the aisles of our multi-generational organizations to be able to pass that mantle on to someone. That's why it's so very important that we collaborate with YGL, do these types of events and other events that we've done in the past with them with Leadership Series and Women's History Month, partnering in those to let them know that we can work together to for the same common goal. Although theirs may not be working toward the advancement of women, but there are women in YGL. And so with that, that allows for us to pass that mantle on to those that are up and coming, the young government leaders to take over when I'm ready to retire, Alvana's ready to retire and hang it all up, that we know that there are, that you all in the workforce that's remaining will be in good hands, right? So you have to build that step-by-step, layer-by-layer, build that strong foundation through these types of partnerships. And so for over 55, we are 55 years old this year, 
55, we are double nickels, okay? And we've been around and we have been advocating on behalf of 1 million women working in the government in one capacity or another. And we, and through this, we demonstrate equality and inclusion in our membership through our core values of leadership, equity, inclusiveness, and accountability at all levels of our organization. And so that's who we are as federally employed women. We are striving to continue to work on behalf of all women in government and women in the private industry as well, because everybody can be a member of FEW as long as you support the mission and vision of FEW. Whether you be male, female, you identify as a female, uh, you are a private industry person, you're a contractor, uh, you're an entrepreneur. We, we take everyone as long as you're working toward our goal and our vision and our mission and vision of our organization, you can be a part. We uh, work well with the men in our organization because as I stated, we do have men in our uh, membership and those are our allies because you know you have to know what men are thinking in order to surpass those men, right? And so my goal is to, it's part of my campaign, is to ensure that through the four focus areas that we have of compliance, diversity, uh, legislation, and training, that I will be able to equip the women with the tools necessary for them to excel and uh, uh, in their professional and personal lives. And that we not only have a seat at the table, but we are on the tables that we sit in. And as we own the tables that we are sitting in, we are on the buildings that the tables are in. So we are climbing the top and we're climbing together and no woman is left behind. Yes. Woo, you should see us on the video. We're just all <laughs> shaking our head. Yes. <laughs> oh, President Richards, it's it's 10, almost 11 p.m. where I am and I am pumped up to take on the world. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you can do that in the UK, ma'am. You can do that, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is Ivana. I'm the communications chair for FEW, and I'm going to jump in here. I love this conversation. It is empowering to me. And as we talk about empowerment here, let's just define it really quickly. The authority or power given someone to do something, anything at all. And the beautiful thing I hear about YGL is that you're empowering tomorrow's leaders, right? And then federally employed women is working to empower women in the government. And so we, we have this overlap, this intersectionality, but it's absolutely beautiful. When I think of empowerment, I've recently discovered cardio kickboxing as something that I find empowering to get me in the zone. And when I was younger, I played sports. So I have a question for both of our presidents. President Richards, we'll start with you. Do you have a favorite song, book, activity, anything that you find empowering? Thank you, Ivana, for this question. And, uh, you know, I have so many songs that I love, okay? But the song that I'm every woman, and that means that I can do anything, I can be anything that I want to be, and anybody that's connected to me can do the same thing. Um, I surround myself with women who empower me, and I can empower them. It is important that you have that circle, that foundation around you, especially in this role of president. Because sometimes it can be lonely at the top, and I'm sure President Bishop's, Bishop can understand what I'm talking about. Because sometimes you have to make those hard decisions that are actually not favorable with everyone, but you have to do what's always best for the organization. But as coming up, things that empowered me, you know, I like Havana. I'm, I, now, I haven't tried kickboxing, cardio kickboxing, 
but I've done boxing, right? And found that to be empowering when I used to go to this uh, fit boxing club down in uh, uh, Woodbridge, Virginia. And the female was the instructor. She just pumped you up. You were just, I just thought I was going to go and take on Floyd uh, Mayweather because I was ready. I just knew I could do this, right? <laughs> and it was my first class, but the way she pumped us up and let us know as women, we can do this. It had me super excited. I used to play basketball when I was younger, in my younger days. I will not date how old I am, but uh, just celebrated a birthday, and I'm a proud 52 years old. Uh, but played basketball, volleyball, softball, ran track in my youthful days. And I love that. I love the, uh, the part about exercising and hanging out with people who, you know, just want to have fun. And, you know, at some point, probably when this presidency is over or when it's going down just a little bit, I will get back into some more physical activities. Right. And then um, being in this role, well, in the roles that I've been in in federally employed women all the way through to national president, as I shared early on, has been very empowering with me to meet uh, wonderful women such as Ivana, who's my communications chair. She was with me in the region and I pulled her on along, kicking and screaming to this communications chair because she didn't want to go. But I am of this mindset that when I see something in you, I'm going to push you till you get to where you need to be. And she is doing such a phenomenal job in this space of communications for us and getting us out there on the map. And I'm so proud of her uh, at being a part of our, my National Board of Directors. And my military experience has really taught me and rooted and grounded me into diversity, equity, inclusion. Because when you're in the military and you're on the battlefield and you're deployed, you don't see black, white, Asian, you don't see Hispanic, you don't see those races and things like that. All you see is one color and that's green. That's that uniform. And that says that no matter what race or ethnicity is in that uniform, you're my battle buddy and I'm gonna save you no matter what. I'm not gonna leave my wing man. And so I have carried that what I've been taught in the military over into federally employed women when I say no woman left behind. So it disempowers me from my military background of where in a male dominated field of men, because most of the men are military police officers, but as the women banded together and let us know that we can do anything that our male counterparts can do, uh, it has empowered me moving forward to continue to strive to be better, continue to get in those spaces where they say we, should not, we, we do not belong where they say we would not excel. And I have seen not only myself and other women to excel in those spaces. Uh, and so that military has been that foundation of empowerment through everything that I have done. And I take nothing uh, from granted from what I've learned. It has truly been a true inspiration. And I share that with anybody that if you had an opportunity, our young generation to go into the military, I think everybody should go for at least three years because you can appreciate this Victoria, you know, learning all about that discipline and appreciating being away from family. So when you get with family, it's important and just helping each other out. So those are the things that have empowered me. So thank you, Ivana. You're absolutely welcome. And thank you for inspiring and empowering me, right? Pulling me up out of the region. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was a tough job, y'all. It was yeah. tough. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again. President Bishop, what about you? Do you have a favorite song, book, activity, anything that you find empowering? Great question. And I want to ask that to the audience. I know we won't hear what you're saying, but just think about that. What empowers you? Because it's such a great question. And I definitely feel the positive energy. I think for me, 
favorite songs is hard to select. I think I go back to ABBA. And the reason for that is I was on an ABBA kick during my graduate school days and I was in Europe and it just kind of empowered me. I was like, I'm going to go travel and go to Sweden and listen to ABBA and go visit them. So it also helps to empower me as going on long walks. So when I um, was in the bigger city, I've recently moved away to more suburbia, but I would go on really long walks and just there'd be so much going on, but I'd have to be in the moment. And it, it, maybe it was a mindfulness activity thinking, okay, what should happen in the future? What's on my mind? What do I need to talk through and just zone out and be deep in thought? Um, what also empowers me is socializing. So whether that's virtually in person, what I really love to do is make connections. So meeting somebody and then introducing them to somebody else to just help the greater good. And that goes back to a core belief that I have is that volunteering is so important that it just moves mountains and just great partnerships through it. And so one thing that I've recently done that's really empowered me, I'm going to be a little bit broad because I hope to be able to talk more about it one day right now. Um, I don't, I'm still figuring out how to tell my story with it, but I recently went through something really big. And with that, it was difficult um, physically, emotionally, uh, mentally. And so I came out with that and had a kind of different perspective about life. And that question about what empowers you kind of have a new perspective, like, okay, what does empower me? Because I just went through something very big. And I think what I found through that is I recently become a buddy for the cause and what I just went through. And so being somebody that can relate to the person, um, just put their mind to something else, talk about different stuff and also share resources. That's been really helpful for me. And I hope that it's helping other people because um, we all have a story to share. And I think making those connections is really key. You're right. We all have a story to share. And just the fact that you're even considering taking yours, crafting it, and sharing it in some way, it's going to inspire a lot of people. I already know. You've got me slightly tearing up, and I don't even know what it is yet. So. Thank you, Ivana. Um, so one other thing that we wanted to talk about today is the importance of networking. I think all of us here on this call um, you know, have gotten a lot out of networking in the past. And so first just wanted to talk a little bit about what is networking um, and give some examples of ways that we do it. So I think networking can be, can take a lot of different forms and it's basically just talking to people and, you know, sharing information, sharing contacts, um, helping each other out, which is, Kind of a lot of what we've been talking about today um and so with that i wanted to ask both the presidents that we have here today a little bit about um the relationship that few and ygl have and sort of the the benefits of networking in that that instance so i think i'll start with President Caitlin um, Bishop, if you want to give examples of prior partnerships together and how it's benefited us. Thank you. I'll do a little bit of a history and then events that we've done together. So I think that's really helpful just to know that what we've done. Um, so it's actually December of 2021. I remember 
a past president, Sheila, reached out and said, hey, there's this great gathering. Do you mind attending? And so I attended virtually because it was the time when we did everything virtually and went to the meeting with few, um, where it was just a great opportunity to introduce ourselves to your members, share mission, all the fun stuff. And we also had the opportunity to virtually network with others. And I remember there were games and they were really fun games, very great energy engagement with the crowd. And so that really just left a very positive mark. And so in early 2022, um, we had met to discuss the MOU. And then from there, We've now hosted multiple events together. I would really recommend that you go and watch the recordings, just great topics, especially the ones that we've had this past month. Walked away with a lot of great points um, and was messaging our events committee member very passionately about just the great topics. And so um, the events that we've done have been focused on women, young government leaders, leadership, and a lot of other topics within that. And I think it's really benefited not only our members, but our national leadership team uh, to learn from few. Everyone speaks so highly at our um, national meetings every month. Few is always brought up and there's just a lot of smiles and happy talks about it. Um, also to share our resources, we both have a lot of great resources and networks and it's been great to see them come together and flourish and grow and do that as an organization. Um, and I just want to say that we're so grateful for the opportunities that we have to partner, learn, and share. And we really look forward to future collaborations together. Awesome. Thank you, Caitlin. Yeah, I think that's a great example of networking in the real world. Um, so I wanted to ask President Richards, um, what are some events that are coming up in our uh, partnership that is our resultant of networking and our collaboration? Thank you so much, ma'am. So with, uh, and, and thank you, President Bishop, for your leadership and your willingness to always network with us and have uh, uh, these two events that we've most recently shared uh, together, hosted together. Um, and just to talk about networking. Networking is very important, especially in this type of environment, federal workspace, private workspace, uh, you know, state and local workspace, because I always tell people, you may, you never know who's sitting across the table. They may not be a member of federally employed women, but they'll be a federally employed woman. And when they see federally employed women as an organization, because many don't know, that sparks their interest and in say, that, hey, maybe I need to join this organization as well. And I've known where some people who've placed it on their resume and doing their interview, they've talked about leadership opportunities that they had in um, in few and the roles that they've, uh, they've held, positions that they've held. They've actually talked about how, they, how they've led so that it could be in correlation with their work experience or as it relates to that position for their job. They actually have gotten their job uh, because of their leadership uh, abilities in federal employed women. And I am one of those recipients of that. Uh, when I got promoted here recently, as I shared back in March of last year, I had not supervised in the last eight years. So, you know, most of the time the question on the interview is, please tell us when you last supervised and how was it? Give, you give different scenarios about when you had to deal with a difficult employee, things of that nature. 
And I just was honest with my boss, who I've worked with every day, who was on the panel because I was on the team, as I've shared before. But I began to talk about federally employed women. I said, well, sir, actually, I have not supervised per se in the workforce in the last eight years from my previous agency, but I have supervised and I manage the D.C. metro region. At that time, we had 972 members. And I said, and I have 26 chapter presidents. And I have a board of 52 people that I have to monitor and the budget that I had. And I have to make sure I maintain that budget who uh, my illustrious communications chair was my treasurer. Uh, so I'm telling you, she's, she's multifaceted. She wear many hats. And so we, I shared with them exactly what I did, how I supervised that, how I was able to become the winning region in my first year of my administration. We won the regional uh, regional award uh, for the national award uh, recognition program. And so I was super excited to share that. And that also helped me to talk about how I know how to supervise. How do I know how to lead people? How do I know how to deal with change? How do I know how to deal with difficult people? Because not everybody's on the same sheet of music at times. And how to deal with 26 different personalities of chapter presidents and the other 22 people, 26 people that are on my board that I have to deal with that, that different uh, personalities. But it was truly letting them know it was a very rewarding opportunity and uh, to share and just the networking when one of uh, the members needed an internship and was able to reach out to another federally employed one member who actually assisted that person with an internship. So you never know it's in the house is what I say. You never know who's in the house and who can help you with where you need to be. So that is key in networking in these types of organizations such as YGL and federally employed women. And again, through that, trying to build that, that bridge against that generational bridge, bridging that gap so that, that that few will be around for the sustainable future and so will YGL because I'm sure they have to reach back and bring those through networking opportunities and providing uh, space for people who are wanting to come into the government to talk young to go young government leaders about, you know, how do you get in here? How do you navigate this space? And for us, we provide that season perspective for the young government leaders on how to navigate your career and the do's and don'ts. That's one of the things that I do at Trinity University as a professor. I talk to my young ladies and talk about the do's and don'ts about going into the federal government as you begin to graduate from college and mention YGL, get connected so that you can find out how to be successful. And so we most recently collaborated on two events uh, within our Women's History Month with the Women's Bureau, uh, Director Ms. Wendy Chuhan, that, uh, and as well as our leadership positions and powerful communication. Again, that communication back and forth, uh, sharing with them those things that are important that we find that you know, would benefit young government leaders. And this is an opportunity for them to assist with the hosting events, getting more experience with hosting events. Not saying that they don't have any, but just in hosting events with others, just collaboration, beginning to be able to work uh, together. And they pose questions to our guest speakers. They facilitated the question and answer, did a fantastic job. And then working with, uh, I think we had probably over a hundred and some people on that call, I do believe. And again, seeing those names, seeing their names, you never know who you might be at, uh, in an interview with. And they saw you on that program. And that's what I'm talking about, all about that FaceTime. Networking is not just 
being in a space or at a happy hour or things like that. But it's also being in these spaces where they see you and they see you're presenting, they see your interviewing skills, briefing skills. You never know when you're called upon and what space you may find yourself in. So it gave few, few members that are in the young government area opportunity to see another, uh, another uh, organization that they could be a part of as well about being in few. I don't ask people to just stay in few. I think you should belong to multiple organizations so that there's something in each one of them for you and, and that will help you advance your career. Just to go off of that, um, you know, as I, I started in the government when I was 19 um, and man, my, my children are six and four right now. And I always wondered, like before I had kids was, how do women do this? How do women have a successful career in the federal government or even in any job? Um, and I didn't really know where to look. I, I was so lost and I was so, I, I put barriers up for myself because I just didn't know that it was possible to be successful as a woman, um, a mother, a wife, someone who wants all these things in the world. I just didn't have that around me. I didn't have those people around me. And so having the exposure to organizations such as few would have probably accelerated my career earlier um, than I have, you know, I am pretty young right now. However, um, you know, I, I think I would have felt more motivated. I would have felt more passionate. I would have felt more possibility. And so to surround yourself with people who are inspiring, seasoned, um, successful, energetic, uh, full of life and experience is just valuable it it's invaluable actually it is invaluable because the opportunity to brief or you know do maybe like a 30 minute session with other few chapters or whatnot that could help that person strengthen their public communication skills that they've always been a little bit hesitant on. Um, so having those opportunities between YGL and FIO, you know, these outside opportunities really help develop and shape people on the full spectrum of everyone's career to really define those, those parts of their um, capability that needs strengthening to accelerate their career and see that possibility as I have, um, you know, and, and not put those barriers. And I think between the two organizations, my mind is just blown. Like I, I'm so, I've missed out on so many years of not knowing few and YGL that that's time lost, but it's an opportunity now for me to be able to what what I think this word was like the word of 2022 pivot. It's time for me to right. pivot and really see how can I refocus and how can I inspire that 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 young person or that person who's debating is it possible to have these things as a woman? I think that's just all those mind games, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Victoria, I, I met an interview with a young lady for our upcoming mentoring program. And some of the things that you just said is what she shared about that she wants to be a part of our mentoring program 
so she can learn from women like myself and Ivana, single moms who raised our children and still had a job in the workforce in the federal government with the demands and going for promotions and making those decisions about taking employment. Um, you know, having when I was in Albany, Georgia, and I realized there was no promotion opportunities there, I had to make a decision if I want to make more money. And I still had a son in college in Savannah State. So what do you do, right? And so my my quick talk to him was, son, either you stay here and go to Savannah and and live, you know, in Savannah in the dorms and and do what I've taught you to do, or you're gonna have to come to DC with me and join the military. He said, Mom, I can stay here and do what I need to do at Savannah State. And I promise you, I'm going to graduate. I said, because I can't go back and forth like that. But can you do this? And he said, yes. He, I said, because I have a promotion opportunity that I need to take for, for my career because our kids get grown. And so we have to realize when it's time to say, okay, this is a me time that I got to make that decision. And so I made that decision and came up here to DC and left my son in Georgia at Savannah State in the hands of that college. And they did a phenomenal job. And then he graduated with honors, but he understood I laid that foundation that you have two options, college or the military. But now it's time for mom to do that. And we have to have that discussion with our children as they get older, you know, that this is what I need to do for me later on, because you're gonna do your own thing eventually. And he said, mom, I got it, you go do you. And so that's what's important that we share our story, our her stories about how we made it and how we had to make those difficult decisions and that we had to do those things that we needed to do to propel us in our career. And that's what that networking is all about, is sharing those stories, sharing those experiences with the young government leaders, sharing um, uh, the, uh, how, the how-tos and the not-tos. Don't do that if this, and I still say to this day, even though I have 30 years in the government, Victoria, that had I had few, I might have made some different decisions in my career path, but the ones that I did have, so. We definitely, definitely, definitely owe it to ourselves to prioritize our own careers, prioritize networking, and prioritize moving up that career path. And I have one final question for both presidents. Do you have any upcoming events, anything else that you'd like to leave us with in terms of future plans, goals, anything else, anything at all? President Bishop, we'll start with you. Thank you. If I can add one more prioritize, I think that work-life balance. So we work hard to get to where we are, but if we're not feeling our best or living a healthier lifestyle, um, just keep that in mind because it's very important as we move up the ladder and as you lead, remember that for um, those that report to you also. But with that, I wanted to just thank you for this opportunity and I hope everyone has learned something new about YGL and FU. Definitely recommend checking out both of our websites, social media, and this podcast on Spotify. Um, we have a lot of exciting events coming up with topics like the home buying session, resume writing, and much more. Our team has put together a great lineup of events this year in different formats, so keep an eye out for that, please. And I'm excited to announce that we also are having a peer recognition event for Public Service Recognition Week, and the link and information can be found on our website as well as in our newsletter. You can sign up for our newsletter on our website 
in the click to join to be a member. And so the nominees for the Public Service Recognition Week will be featured in our newsletter. And we look forward to meeting this year and the fall in a hybrid environment to celebrate YGL's 20th year celebration. If you believe it, YGL was founded in 2003. It's been 20 years. So there's a lot to celebrate and a lot of people to recognize. And so please keep an eye out for more details on that, most likely in our newsletter and social media. And keeping with the mystery, I'm going to end with that note. And thank you. Congratulations, YGL, on your anniversary. President Richards, I know we have an anniversary as well. So please do share with us upcoming things that are happening and a little bit more about priorities and our anniversary. Yes. And so just want to share that, you know, as we have shared in this podcast, the different uh, things that we're doing, different events that we're having, that we're looking forward to a continued relationship with YGL looking for a continued opportunity for collaboration through many communications that we have uh, with uh, the president and with their training uh, coordinators that they uh, we are in collaboration with for training events. Uh, we have also opened up our mentoring program. We do know y'all have a leadership uh, mentoring program, but we also have one as well that we offered several seats to the YGL waiving some of the requirements so that they can participate in our program. I think we are on two different schedules when it comes to the programs, but we've offered those opportunities over to uh, YGL as well to further bring about um, more collaboration. Uh, and our goal, uh, at, at a minimum, we are to do two uh, programs physically each physical year, but we, look, we are looking to do more and we're open to do more with YGL. But, uh, and, and as future opportunities with federally employed women, as Ivana said, we're 55 years old. We already have in our MPPM the years that we celebrate. So we celebrate the zeros, 50, 60, 70. So we have five more years before we have the big celebration. But we still are excited that we are 55 years old uh, this year. We are in our 54th national training program. And all roads lead to Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, at the downtown Hilton Hotel, where we will be back in person for the first time since the pandemic coming out of the post pandemic we are looking to be in person we're excited about uh coming together being in person with each other interacting networking we have a lot of fun events our welcome reception has been planned by our illustrious communications chair Ivana and our illustrious vp of membership mr bullock we are super excited about having the hot pink masquerade welcome reception so you haven't gotten your mask, but those that are coming, make sure you get your mask before you get there and your hot pink. We are super excited. Our colors are hot pink fuchsia and black and white. We are super excited about what we're about to do. And not only to with that, with our premier training, to get back in person where you are in, in person, being able to ask questions with the, uh, with the uh, trainer, to be able to interact with your colleagues, to learn from your colleagues, uh, learn from the attendees, attend our uh, award ceremony where we award awards from the national on uh, and celebrate those who have done great programming throughout the year to give out our Barbara Boardman, our prestigious Barbara Boardman Tenant Award, our Alan Latimer Award that's named after our very first president, our Distinguished Service Award, and our chapter awards as well. And then at the very end, we will round off with our President's Award. 
And as I go to uh, one other uh, item that we have that we're doing at this one, it is going to be a somber moment, but a celebratory moment as we honor our seventh national president who passed away in February. She had such a major impact, Ms. Dorothy Nams Esquire. Um, and we will have her daughter there to honor her mom and her legacy and all that she contributed to federally employed women during our national awards program. We will also extend to having our military awards program at some point during our NTP. Uh, we haven't saw, uh, put down what day it is, but we will be having it uh, to recognize our military uh, service members that are doing great work in the DEI space. Uh, following that, we will have where our regional meetings will come together. Everybody get to come together again outside of Zoom into the pet space to get to know each other because we've had new members to come in. So new members will get to meet their regional managers and their regional leadership in person. And then we will finally close out with our closing plenary. And our uh, focus is uh, for this plen uh, closing plenary is our legislative focus where we have a dynamic speaker that is going to talk about allyship. I don't want to give away who it is. But we're going to talk about allyship in, uh, in these spaces for women and women in the workforce. And our theme is leveling up for success, ready, set, grow. And so we are getting ready and we're getting set and it's time for us to grow. And that is to grow each and every attendee that attends. We have offered for YGL to give remarks if they should attend uh, at our national awards program to share with us about YGL and who they are and opportunity to speak at the also the opening plenary to talk about our collaborations and future collaborations within our both of our organizations. So I am super excited about what we're doing and what we were planning to do in the near future. I am so happy to work with President Bishop. Her staff has been wonderful. They have been very helpful and they've always had a can-do attitude when they've asked to be uh, to assist with uh, the different programming. They've done a phenomenal job. So, and that uh, speaks to her leadership over this organization. So thank you, President Bishop. And back over to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we really appreciate both the few and YGL presidents for being here. And Ivana, thank you so much for connecting us and getting us started on this path. Um, we're really glad that we all got to chat today and you shared a lot of really insightful knowledge that I'm sure our listeners are going to be thrilled to hear. So thank you all so much. Thanks for listening. We hope we inspired you to take the next step in your career. Join us for our next episode by clicking the subscribe button.